This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The Von Erich family is legendary. He was kind of a bully. Lance, Lance by, by chance, chance wrestling as a Von Erich. They were afraid I would go to WWF, so they kind of, on television, it's that I wasn't a real Von Erich. Find out what Lance talked about in his book. You know how many people that I've worked with that are, are dead, especially with world class? Many, many, many people took steroids on top of the other drugs. Chris Adams headbutted the, the co-pilot. And find out what happened when Lance left Dallas. I used to run guns from the States to South Africa and got busted in the UK. Lance, Lance by, by chance, chance wrestling, wrestling as a Von Eric. Eric. Lance by chance. Buy your book today at Russellville.com or on Amazon. This is Katie Trey and you're listening to the Russellville Podcast. You're listening to the Russellville Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny Berry, and my guest today is Katie Trey, professional wrestler of nine years from the southern end of Australia. Is that correct? Yeah, Adelaide, South Australia. Yeah. Okay. All right. Was that on the bottom bottom part of the country? Yeah, what is? Yeah, right, right down the bottom. Okay. Right down the bottom. All right. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate you coming on the show. And not a problem. Happy to be on. And uh, I discovered you in the Pro Wrestling Illustrated. You were uh, in the Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500, 483? I honestly wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, I believe it was around there somewhere. Yeah, 483. 483. Yeah, I honestly didn't know until a buddy of mine messaged me around the same time it is now saying that oh congratulations man you're in pro wrestling illustrated and i was like okay <laughs> i didn't really know how to react to it because uh, i haven't really followed it but uh it's all it's 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 good to know that someone out there that's not from south australia is watching me so that's a that's really good news so i'm happy to be on that he was on it as well actually so that's really good who who was that that was um redshaw Okay. Great right. sure. Yeah, he I think he's somewhere in there as well at number 400. Okay. So good on. Well, I uh like that magazine and I like that particular issue because I get to find out wrestlers who are making waves, you know, in other parts of the the world so to speak or even in my country, other parts of this country that uh, I may not be able to get my eyes on, right? And so that magazine's a good tool for me. And I was glad that I was able to come across you. I've, uh, since then, I've seen a couple of your matches and I am really entertained by your work in the ring. Oh, well, th thank you very much. That does mean a lot. I try my best to entertain everybody. You know, there's a um, a match that I discovered was a dog collar match with uh, Tony Toro. That's right. That was um, that was the uh, that was the beginning of the 
the dog gimmick when I when I first turned into wearing the dog collar. But that gimmick has now moved on. I've I've moved on uh, from that. Um, trying something different now. Um, hopefully, it's just as good. But yes, that match was um, that was a lot of fun, and I hope to have more dog collar matches because I do love the uh, the stipulation. It's one of my all time favorite stipulation matches next to something like a lumberjack match or um, just a good old, good old fashioned submission match. Well, I, I, I find myself getting lost in it. You know, I, I thought it was very, uh, it was exciting. You know, it was full of action. The storytelling was incredible. You know, it was just, I, I really couldn't wait to see what was going to happen next. So hats off to you man and and your oh. and your opponent there for sure thank you yeah that's actually my first dog collar match and i've had three since then if if you could find the one match i had in a, a promotion called pro wrestling uh pro uh, pro wrestling south australia i had one with acid Hayes, um and that match is um very good as well uh also had one at uh, adelaide championship wrestling with a guy called Jack Rossley, and that was another very good match. So, yeah, again, I'm hoping to have another one one day. I guess we just have to find the right opponent. You know, when I was uh, watching your matches online, I noticed that there was uh, quite a few people in the crowd. I mean, it was it seemed like a, a lively, you know, like the events were lively, like the scene was pretty hot. Uh, describe the scene down there because it's it's not a wrestling scene I get to get to watch very often. And again, uh, because I discovered you, it kind of put my eyes back on there to you know see what you guys are doing. But describe it for us. Well, the Adelaide scene is probably the most um, uh, confined scene. A lot of our wrestlers, because Adelaide's such a small state. A lot of our wrestling fans will go to every show. Uh, there are different crowds for different shows, I will say. Riot City Wrestling's crowd is, they much prefer to be entertained than to go out and see a, a, a catch wrestling style of match. Um, then you have uh, certain other crowds like uh, Pro Wrestling South Australia and uh, Adelaide Championship Wrestling that prefer to see more high-risk spots, uh, especially at ACW. Pro Wrestling South Australia is more of a... They love uh, to be entertained as well. So we get a lot of their fans come to Riot City Wrestling. The Australian wrestling scene is uh, it, it's currently growing thanks to a lot of promotions outside of Adelaide that are that are building up their, uh, their promotions. Um sort of adjusting to that, um, uh, I, I guess you could say, a, a British style of wrestling or even pro uh, professional wrestling companies like GCW and um, uh, Pro Wrestling Gorilla, if that's still around. They're really um, uh, taking a lot of notes from those shows. And in places like uh, Victoria and New South Wales, they're really taking that on board and the crowds are just getting a lot more hyped for matches and uh, they're trying uh, especially my promotion they're trying to bring that in uh, at the moment so yeah the the scene is uh, definitely on the grow so that's a, always a good thing right right yeah it looks hot it looks like 
you know, it, it kind of, to me, it, it looks like the wrestling scene worldwide is is really expanding after it took a, a decline there for a little while. You know, it, it, it really feels like it's blossoming uh, to something very, very special. Kind of like it was in, in, in the 80s, you know, when it was very, very hot. And then we took a decline, right? And then with so many promotions around the world, uh, even even in my state of Texas, I, I can tell you there's a number of uh, of promotions. So wrestling is is really on the rise, right? I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, obviously during COVID, like um, wrestling, like shut down and people were getting depressed like i know i was not being able to do the thing that i love for uh for a long period of my life you know i was training you know two times a week i was going to the gym six times a week so what can you do when all that gets taken away from me you just have to watch wrestling and you build up this sort of depression of you know i used to do this and now it's gone um when we got told that uh, we were coming back to doing shows, you know, it was, it was like, a, it was like hearing for the first time that I'd got uh, accepted into wrestling. So we were excited to see what the crowds were going to be like. And they, they really were very um, big at the time uh, when we first come back because we were still sort of declining every, like every day, some new news would come out like, Oh, you're allowed to have, you know, a hundred fans and then it'd be like, oh, you have to drop back down to 50 and then, oh, you have to go back into lockdown. And then, oh no, it's okay. You can have another hundred people uh, at your show, which is now 200 people. So our tickets were just selling constantly and getting bigger. Even though the shows weren't going on, we were just selling tickets because that's all we could do. But now it's like, oh my God, like uh, our shows draw, I would say pretty well for such a small state. Um, and that's not using, you know, not every show. We don't use guys from um, other states or bringing people internationally. We're just homegrown talent. So the fact that we're bringing that many people, it's good. And, you know, we've had a lot of opportunities, not just this year's, but years in the past, with um, doing shows at um, festivals like beer and barbecue. And um, we've done, like, uh, street parties for, you know, places like uh, Glenelg and Brighton, which have been a lot of fun. You always have a lot of fun on those days. So, yeah, we've been, we've been pretty lucky with that. And um, the fact that um, Adelaide is still growing its wrestling scene, um, at least for since 2020, we've been really trying. So, yeah, it, it's been it's been good. You know, for, for my listeners that may not be familiar with you, uh, go ahead and describe your, your, your style of wrestling and, you know, just kind of, how you carry yourself? My style is pretty. Uh, I would say like I'm much more of a a brawler, if anything. But I do like to wrestle. I I I could adju- I'm like a hybrid, realistically. I could adjust to any style, but I'm doing the style that fits the persona that I'm playing at the moment. I am probably the most hated wrestler at RCW at the moment. I'm their current uh, champion. I'm the um, at the top of the card, so I have to assert dominance. And 
the way that I do that is by just beating my opponent down to the ground. Uh, it's the easiest way. And if uh, I can't beat them down, then I'll tackle them down, wrestle them to the ground. Um, and if they get back up, I'll drop them on their head until I win the match. And if I, and I'll be real, um, the easiest way to win a match is to um, cheat. You know, they, well, they call it cheating. I call it um, outsmarting them because it's only cheating if you get caught. And so far, I haven't been caught. That's why I'm still the champion after 300 plus days. So, um, yeah, I guess my style, you'd, you'd say it's um, a strategic brawler. That's the way I'd put it. It's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> You talked about how you went into wearing a, a bell collar or a chain. You had a chain with you, and and you said that that you kind of phased that out a little bit. Talk to me a little bit about the evolution of a of a character. Right, it's it's vital, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And yeah, and, absolutely. And 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 Caddy, where did you? Who taught you that? I mean, you're a young man, you know, and I mean, who who told you that, hey, as you progress in pro wrestling, you're going to have to be thinking of this evolution. And do you have ideas in the future of where you want to go with this character? Talk to me about all that. I can't remember a single time someone taught me that I had to evolve because when I first start, I actually, actually that's, that's a lie. One of my trainers, Matt Grimbasso, he trained when he was all right. So when I first debuted in or when I first started training, I didn't have any character. I didn't. I had great facials, but I, I had no character. And one night we we used to do uh, promotion uh, promo training, so learning how to talk, talking about our characters, and we used to do that after every setup. At, back at the gym after a show. So that'd usually be on a Tuesday. So we was I was sitting there with a big group. It was a massive group of people. And we went around the room and they were pointing at guys saying, oh, what's your gimmick? And they went, oh, my gimmick's I'm a, a superhero. And uh, Demi Bennett was there, Rhea Ripley. Sorry, I used her real name. She said like, what her character was, which is still what she's doing today. And then there was big muscle head guys saying, oh, yeah, I'm a big muscle guy. They got to me and I was just like, back then I was just just Katie Trey. That's it. Like I had no gimmick. I didn't really know who I was. So he looked at me and he goes, you need to take a good, long, hard look at yourself in the mirror. I'm like, all right, I'll do that. So I went home and I just started looking at myself in the mirror and I'm staring. I'm like, all right, what have I got? All right, I've got a beard. I had some kind of a beard back then. He's like, nah, everyone has a beard. Uh, I've got tattoos. Everyone's got tattoos. And I got distracted and just started looking at my teeth. And I'm like, God, I've got some ugly teeth. And it just sort of clicked. This is the first character that I sort of came out with when I was a biter. I used to bite people. And I was like, all right, I've got really ugly teeth. What if I started biting people? And I was like, no, they'll never go for it um, until I found footage of. So the, the show that was coming up, I was wrestling another one of my trainers, Chris Basso, the brother of Matt Basso. 
was like, oh, they'll never go for it. They'll never like the fact that a baby face is biting people. So I started studying tapes, which I still do today, watching wrestling. And I was like, all right, I'll watch this Chris Basso match because I'm studying because I'm wrestling him later on. And he was a baby face at the time. And he bit someone out of the hold. And I'm like, oh, my God, if he can do it, I can do it as a baby face. So we had the match. I pitched it to him. And he was like, you can't do that. And I'm like, well, you did it. And he's like, all right, you can do it. So I bit him out of a hold. The crowd liked it. They reacted to it because no one was doing it. So then that was the first evolution of Katie Trey. He was a biter. Then maybe three years later, I had the dog collar match. And someone just said to me, oh, you should keep wearing the dog collar. And I had the chain still, but they told me to get rid of the chain because apparently a few fans complained about me because I used to swing it around a lot and it nearly hit fans. So they were like, you got to get rid of the chain. So I got a shorter chain, but then it just looked silly. So for another three and a bit years, um, I was uh, the dog gimmick or crossbreed Katie Trey because if you ever saw the gear that I had, it had stitches on it. And that was actually from a, um, a, a, a trainee that we had who we were talking about my character and she said that, oh, you've got fur on one side and then you've got these orange stitches and then you like just normal, it looks like you've been sewn together. And she was like, kind of like a, 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 like a Frankenstein or a new breed. And I went crossbreed like a dog. And I'm like, oh my God, crossbreed Katie Trey. That rolled really well. And it, I loved Stone Cold Steve Austin. So that made sense to do that gimmick at that time. Then um, obviously evolving over time, you have to evolve. And I did um, like a, when I turned bad, when I was a heel, I turned into crossbreed Katie Trey, but my gimme, I was wearing bandanas. I was unshaved. I was just a real grub, a biker mum loving uh, grub. So uh, that was the wild side of Katie Trey as the, uh, as they, as they said, and the style that I'm evolving to now as like the champion is um, I'm trying to be sort of more well-kept and clean shaven and, and looking presentable while still having that crazy side. Um, it's a, it's a working progress, but there's still a lot more to come of this side of Katie Trey. So you have to evolve just to stay fresh and it's only good to do stuff that um, you can relate to. So if they were to tell me, you know, you have to wear pink gear and call yourself the lover boy, I would probably fail because that's not how I see myself. I've always sort of had a crazy side to me. So I've just got to sort of adapt my look around this crazy gimmick. So yeah, that's basically it. You just have to evolve to stay relevant. Yeah. And I, and I did see you bite somebody. So it was probably in the dog collar match. It, it was, it was. Yeah. Yeah. That was the evolve of that. <laughs> So you you have some tattoos. You've brought that up. You you shared that. You have one that's on your abdomen, on your stomach. There, it's what 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 is that? Describe that because I it, it's quite big. It goes from one side to the other, but I really couldn't make it out. It's um it's two snakes coming out from under my skin, uh, and meeting sort of in the middle with two big flowers on each side. Um, that's basically, yeah, that's, that's what it is. That's, um, one of my favorite tattoos actually. Is um, there, 
any meaning to that, Caddy? Is there? No. no, there's there's no meaning to really any of there's the my most meaningful tattoo is this one on my forearm. I, I don't know if you can make that out. It's hard, it's on a it's on a strange angle, but it's a it's of a black sheep um, getting a with a puppet getting its strings cut. And it says "Lead, don't follow," just because um, uh, the I uh, I've always been. I've always thought that I was the black sheep of my family um, because I'm the only one that really lived his dream. You know, it was like, I'm going to be a professional wrestler and I did it. Um, and the uh, puppet getting strings cut is to show that I'm not a hypocrite. You know, if I don't like something or I don't like someone, you'll know it. Um, I'm not going to attack you, but I'm definitely not going to go out of my way to, you know, give you any reason to think I'm your friend and uh, the lead don't follow is I, I like to be a leader and not a follower and yeah that's basically it <laughs> that's the most meaningful tattoo on me next to my Molotov cocktail that says good luck because I bottle up my emotions and one day I'm going to throw it and say good luck I don't know anybody like that no <laughs> exactly hey so you know for Again, for my listeners that aren't familiar, you know, who are some of the, you you know, you did mention a couple wrestler names, but, you know, who are some guys over there in gals that, you know, we should keep an eye on, you know, people that are making uh, good progress and people who are exciting to watch. There is a, a massive list of names and I don't want to leave anyone out, but if I'm going to say names that, people would be familiar with i'll definitely say redshaw he's currently on his own path to being you know one of the better wrestlers in australia um he's traveling around a little bit um it is hard to travel around in australia because um if you don't have your own job to supply for your own uh, wrestling journey realistically there's not a lot of places that actually pay to bring you over some do but you have to be a big name and that and currently redshaw is on that list he's one of our powerhouse wrestlers and he's he's uh he's just doing a great job of getting that over another one would be uh, a wrestler by the name of down under he is whatever you see on of his wrestling is that is pretty much him and he's done some really cool things over time he's he's he reminds me of a of a Terry Funk, or a he 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 he's a very old school style of wrestler, and that's the kind of wrestling I love. Other than that, like RCW just got one of its biggest intakes of um, trainees that we've probably ever had. We had over, I think we had maybe thirty or twenty try out, and I think maybe twenty got through, and currently. Because people have dropped off over time. I think we're sitting at 18. And there's a lot of talent in those uh, trainees. And um, I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where I'm uh, invited to train them. So I get to train them. And they've got a lot of passion and a lot of heart. I mean, you've got to be a lover of the game to do this. Because it takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of pain and a lot of dedication. And to see these guys come through, it's definitely um, exciting to see where their head's at. And 
I don't think there's one person there that can't say that they don't love wrestling. So it's going to be good to see where they're going. But as for um, talent on the rise, I'd definitely say Red Show and Down Under. You know, you you said that you were invited to come in and, and help train. Did you ever see yourself doing that? And, and what is it that you like so much about doing that? I never saw myself being in that position, uh, being a trainer. It, it um, It's a very... It's a very humbling experience to be offered. You know, over time, life gets in the way of your dream of wrestling. A lot of my trainers um, that trained me have since left. They've gone on to raise families and do stuff with their wives and partners. Uh, We still have my Chris Basso and Matt Basso. They're still around, um, but they're not as frequent as they used to be. That's because just like I said, life gets in the way of them. And uh, they've been, you know, fortunate enough to, to be able to train me and, and say, you know, we, we need you to uh, help, help people train now. Cause I was so consistent with training. I would train, you know, back then three times a week. Um, but now like uh, I train, you know, twice a week. And one of those trainings I take, the feeling of like being able to train someone and seeing that they're actually taking everything you're saying on board and learning. It's a real good feeling. It's a, it's a, it's a great feeling with the, with the amount of um, trainees that we've just gotten. It's incredible. Like uh, they're all so eager. And as a wrestler myself, like if I have a match and they watch it, they're still a fan. You know, I'm I'm a fan of wrestling, but I see wrestling now from being a wrestler. They're seeing wrestling as fans, and now they're coming into being wrestlers. So when I have a match and they watch it, I'll go up to them and say, like, you know, what did you like about my match? Like, is there anything anything you could give me? Like, they're seeing it as a fan. They could be like, I want to see you do more of this, and I'll take it on board. You know, some other wrestlers might take that as offense, but I don't. I find it it's a very helpful because. Yeah, you know, like I said, they're still fans, but it's it's a it's a really good feeling, and to be in that position, um, I love it very much, and I don't take it for granted. It's if if I remember when I was coming up, like to have a more um, passionate coach was very um, a very good experience and a humbling experience. So, yeah, it, it is a it is a great experience to be a coach. You know where you live. You're you're basically on this huge island, right? I mean, it's 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 well, Adelaide's. You know, I, I wouldn't say it's the smallest state in Australia, but it's not the biggest. And you know, we we travel. We've traveled a little bit with wrestling around South Australia. Um, we've gone to Mount Gambia, which is um, sort of a a hub between Victoria and Adelaide. So from Mount Gambia, it's about a four to five hour drive to Victoria or a four hour drive to Adelaide. So it's actually a really good, it's like a, almost a little city in a, a small town. It's definitely um, evolved over years. And I've been going there since I was a kid and we've been doing wrestling shows there and we hope to go back there this year. But yeah, uh, we're still in the works with that. And um, we have wrestled in, um, 
Tumby Bay and um, Cummins for uh, one show. That was a that was a lot of fun. That was a really fun trip, and we hope to do that again uh, next year um, and travel to places like um, Wyala and um, Port Lincoln. I think that's right. Or Port, yeah, Port Lincoln. Um, to do another uh, series of shows along the way. So, um, yeah, Adelaide, although small, you know, we 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 are, have the capability of traveling with um with wrestling. You have aspirations of going to other countries, you know, um, Europe, United States. I mean, what what are your maybe long term goals, or or what is it? Is there something like that, you know? I want to at least wrestle this place at least once or I would, you know, what are you thinking? I'd love to travel. I, I would, I would love to go to Japan. I would love to go to, to Europe. Uh, I would love to travel around Australia. The, the problem is, is like I said earlier, like everything's done on your own dime. Um, it's, they don't, a lot of places don't pay for you to come over. So it is hard because I work full time. I have um, a girlfriend that I have to look after. I have, um, you know, a place I have to look after. I'm saving for a house. And right now in Australia, it is almost impossible for someone of my age to buy a house. So it, it has been difficult, but I would love to to wrestle in Japan more than anything. And, you know, traveling to the States, like obviously when uh, that uh, uh, Netflix documentary, uh, The Wrestler, came out about OVW, you know, that looked like, that kind of looked like how RCW runs. But I like the fact that they had TV exposure and that, and I would, you know, I'd love to go over there. Uh, I know a few wrestlers that have been to OVW, and they've talked about their experience and they've only said positive things. So, you know, that would be a place for me to go. And I'd, I'd love to, to go to Texas. You know, there's so much history in Texas, you know, um, the, the funks from Amarillo. And, um, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure that the, uh, the Von Erics, are they from Texas as well? Yeah. They're from the Dallas area. I'd love to go to Dallas. That's on my list. Um, but yeah, that like I'd love to visit places like that, and I'd love to go to Memphis and you know see all the all, all the stuff there and all the wrestling there. Like that's you know this is all the wrestling that I like to watch. But yeah, Japan is definitely on the top of the list. But you know, money's tight, and um, it's 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 uh when you know with Japan, you have to go over there, and uh, you have to train. And I'm not young anymore. Like my body's pretty beat up. So to hear what they go through in trainings, you know, it's uh, it's intimidating. And uh, don't get me wrong. Like I would, you know, if I was younger, I would love to go over there and experience the their trainings. But it would be hard for me now. But I, I wouldn't say no to it. If they were to offer, I would not say no. I would just have to think about it. Yeah. So yeah, that's the that's that's the goals. And also, one of the big goals is to get uh, professional wrestling here in Australia back on TV. And there hasn't really been much talks about it actually happening, but there have been talks of people trying 
to get it. We have the talent, we have the resources, but we don't have the pitch or the money. And that's, I think, the big uh, the big thing there. It used to be on TV, but not anymore. Yeah, that would be that would be good. That's a start, right? But boy, the live shows over there, what I see are man, if they oh, keep absolutely. on yeah, if they keep on drawing the crowds like they're drawing, that could be around the corner. Oh, I hope so. I, I really do. You know, where if you if you had the chance to watch some of the uh, dragon that's on uh, Australian TV, some of the, the TV shows. I don't think wrestling would be the worst thing that they could put on there. <laughs> it would it would definitely boost ratings. Well, Caddy Trey, let me tell you something, man. I've enjoyed watching your work. I've enjoyed talking to you. You you know, I'm really glad I came across you and I'm glad that you got up early. Uh it's early in the morning for you. So I appreciate you doing that for me. Yeah, that that's not a problem. And thank you for, for having me on. I've um been listening to a few of your podcasts i listened to your one with ken patera and um zane zodiac is that correct zach um zach zodiac Uh, honestly um i I was a big fan of both of them um and especially some of the things that zach said was um very um it was good to see that someone else had sort of gone through the experience that i had so great work from both parties there good Good deal. Good to hear that. Thank you very much. Not a problem. You're listening to the Russellville podcast where wrestling lives. The Von Eric family is legendary. He was kind of a bully. Lance, Lance by, by chance. Wrestling as a Von Eric. They were afraid I would go to WWF, so they kind of on television. It's that I wasn't a real Von Eric. Find out what Lance talked about in his book. You know how many people that I've worked with that are, are dead, especially with world class. Many, many, many people took steroids on top of the other drugs. Chris Adams headbutted the, the co-pilot. And find out what happened when Lance left Dallas. I used to run guns from the States to South Africa and got busted in the UK. Lance, Lance by, by chance, chance wrestling as a Von Eric. Lance by chance. Buy your book today at Russellville.com or on Amazon.